Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Russell. And this is Pop Culture Pontification. The show which has been pretty heavily into westerns over the last two days, so that's our yes. main topic. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert for later in the podcast. Uh, last night, Russell and I had a bit of a bro date, and we went and watched The Magnificent Seven. We did. Uh, and then tonight, we watched the first episode of Westworld. Yeah. So New HBO sort of western, but not really. I think you can call it a western. Yeah, it's, we'll get to it later. We'll get, yeah, we're, we're burying the lead here. Yeah. yeah. Most of the term, characters are robots. Which so. is a term I'm pretty sure I don't know how to use. <laughs> Just keep using it, eventually you'll, you'll get it right. Uh, but yes, so we're talking about westerns today. Mm. Because it's a topic close to both of our hearts. Yes. Uh, I've been sort of uh, indoctrinated into loving westerns throughout my life. Ah, oh, was your dad big into westerns? My dad is obsessed with westerns. Right, yes. Okay. Uh, so much so that it's like a Stockholm Syndrome effect <laughs> at this point. Uh, and you are just a person who enjoys westerns in general. Well, I'm a red-blooded man. Of course I love westerns. <laughs> yeah. And some fun facts coming up for, for westerns later on. I know a little couple of tidbits that other people might know. I'm sure, oh, you, well, I'm sure you know these facts. I haven't heard about this, this spicy meatball. Yeah. Uh, but yes, other than that, before we get to all that, yes, let's well, have a bit of a chat about what we've been up to lately. The biggest thing, at least in my sphere, that's... Uh, you bought a, a gardening station from Ikea. I did, yeah. I got a... a, a no. I did get a gardening <laughs> shelf, but that's not what I'm talking about. Since we last recorded, uh, Netflix has released their new series, Luke Cage. Yes. Based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name. Correct, yes. Or and, Power Man, if you're from yeah. the 1960s. Which is his nickname in this <laughs> series. <laughs> he gets called it uncannily often yeah. by a group of people who have never sat down and discussed that they should call him that. Did you notice, I think it's in episode two, he also says, I'm not for hire, or something like <laughs> yes, that. Yes, He used to be the hero. There's a lot hire. of nods. Yeah. There's a lot of nods to the to the old school characters. Uh, anyway, I've seen the whole lot, because <laughs> I basically marathoned over the weekend. Yes. Uh, you've seen up to episode... episode five, five, maybe six and a half. Like five yeah. and a half. So... But, well, you just stopped halfway through an episode. I had to go do something. <laughs> <laughs> so potentially there'll be spoilers up until that point, but yes, we'll say as vague as we can without like doing any sort of plot critical stuff. Yeah, and I definitely won't say anything about the show beyond there because I don't want to spoil it for you. Yes. Uh, well, let's start with the controversy. Some, a mo- small controversy. I can't believe they cast a black Luke Cage. <laughs> Why didn't they just whitewash the shit out of him? <laughs> Get John Cena to come in and be Luke Cage. <laughs> uh, no, is the fact that there has been like a lot of stink from people online, mm. mostly white people, mm. who were like, oh, this show doesn't appeal to me at all. It's, it's all about black culture and black people, and oh. I can't relate to this whatsoever. I didn't know this was a thing. I've seen I it shouldn't be surprised, <laughs> because there's lots of racists on the internet. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of people I've heard complain about that. Mostly idiots and stupid people. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there's like, oh, you want a review of Luke Cage? Here it is. It's a bunch of black stereotypes. The end. And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> it doesn't really seem very fair. <laughs> no, it does have a predominantly African-American cast. 
I did because you mentioned this before I started watching it. You were like, "Uh, do you care if there's like a bunch of black people in this show?" Yeah. And I was like, "No." I was like, "Good," because <laughs> if you do, you're not gonna like it. <laughs> um, I kept an eye out, and there is one white guy who is part of the main cast ish. There's the the detective partner. Yes. Yeah. And other than that. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, like, there'll be an extra in the background. Yes. The only other one I've seen up to episode... Um, five and a half. Five and a half. Is there was... Um, oh, and there's Shades. He's not white. He's, like, Hispanic or something. I think... Um, well, yeah. He's... <laughs> he's not black. He's not white either. Like. <laughs> uh, no, there was a uh, black lady doing an interview with, like, the, the, the congresswoman or whatever it is. Yeah, the councilwoman. Councilwoman, sorry. Yeah. Yes. And her cameraman was neckbeard and white as oh, the coat yeah, in the snow. Guy. Yeah. And he was in there and said nothing and did nothing except hold the camera. He's like the second or third most prominent white person in the show. <laughs> yes. Which made me think, actually, like, whenever they have, like, those cameras, like, people doing interviews in the show where you mm. see the cameraman... Do they, is that an actual camera? Do they actually have that running and recording just so they have another angle on the on the shot? Or is uh, it just like a prop? I don't see why you wouldn't have it running. I don't know. Maybe, because they do sh- takes over and over again, maybe there's a possibility that the guy would drop it. Unless real cameras don't look like cameras when you put them on film. Ah, so you have to have yeah. special prop cameras. There's actually three cats glued yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that it's set in Harlem. Yeah, which yes. is a majority-minority neighbourhood yes. in New York. Mostly black. Which I didn't know until I went there, but... At, You've been to Harlem? No, I've been to New York. Oh, okay. And on the island of Manhattan, like, I thought Manhattan was just skyscrapers no. from bottom to top. <laughs> but Harlem is a neighbourhood at the north end of Manhattan Island. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, my knowledge of the geography of of Manhattan, it leaves much to be desired. But mm. I know it's not just, like, wall-to-wall skyscrapers. <laughs> Do you know how I know that? Because in many games, the entire island of Manhattan has been 3D modeled, so uh, you can run around in it. So, like in Spider-Man 2. Yes, most yeah. notably Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Eventually, you run out of skyscrapers to swing off. Yes, and you start jumping from building to building. Yeah, and it's lame, so you go back to the Yeah, you go back to the skyscrapers, because that's more fun. <laughs> But the point is, is that it's in a neighborhood that prides itself on being, like, ethnic. Yeah. And mostly black. In fact, one of the main taglines of the councilwoman's campaign is, keep Harlem black. Yeah. So, I feel like... If there's, you a, go... there's a concern about it being, like, gentrified and... Yes. More... Uh, white. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> middle class... Gotta keep the whiteies out. Families moving yeah. in and mm. hipsters. Damn hipsters. Damn hipsters. Uh, but the point is, I don't see why people are upset about this show that's set in a black neighborhood being full of black people. Yeah. No, it seems to make sense. Yes. Like with Narcos having a predominantly Hispanic cast who <laughs> yeah. speaks Spanish. I wonder if there's many people who like really like the like cop shows and shows about drugs and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like Water Rats would be an Australian equivalent. Uh, you know my brother was in Water Rats. Was your brother in Water Rats? Yeah. One Get of out my of here. brothers is an actor. And one of his most prominent roles was he played some sort of criminal, maybe a drug dealer on Water Rats. 
It's on his CV. Yeah, and I was young at the time, and I wasn't allowed to watch this episode until later, because he was quite rude. <laughs> he said he, bad like, words. He was being interviewed in like the interrogation room, and he flipped the bird to the <laughs> cops and said, how about you sit on this and rotate? <laughs> this would be like back in the 90s or something. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So I was like nine or something when this came out. So I've learned two things now. Mm. One, one of your brothers is an actor. <laughs> yeah. News to me. Oh, well, he's he's not, you know, he didn't have made it to Hollywood or anything. And two, he's in Water Rats, which is amazing. Yeah. It's like knowing someone who was on Neighbours. He was also in Blue Healers and... Was he a busy bad guy in Blue Healers? I no, feel like no, your no, brother's getting a... typecast. He was a, uh, a con man. Oh. It was one... Bad guy. It was one episode where the... Was he a sergeant? The tubby guy who was in charge of I the... don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the head cop guy. There was a rumour spread that he could perform miracles. And my brother's character was this guy who rolled into town and like walked up on crutches to the chief oh, really? whatever and touched him and yelled, I'm healed, I'm healed, and threw his crutches away <laughs> and could walk. Oh, God. Was he in, like, ship to shore as well, your brother? Jeez. No, no. He was in a country practice. Oh, God. Before all these. He's hitting, like, every yeah. major Australian TV show. Yeah. Which, of... Oh, for those who are wondering, Blue Healers is um, set in a very small country down that has the highest crime rate of anywhere on the planet. Yeah. Well, except for wherever Midsummer Murders is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that's just murders, though. That's not crime that's rate. That's true. It's just murders. Anyway. <laughs> Luke what Cage, are we talking about, Luke Cage? Luke Cage is set yeah. in Harlem, which is mostly black, so I don't see why people are upset about it. Yes. But I feel like it's annoying that I'm missing part of it. Like, I can't fully understand it. Because mm. there's a lot of cultural stuff in there that I just don't understand. Yeah, they talk a lot about, like, uh, basketball. Mm. And I don't follow basketball, so a lot of what they say goes over my head. Yes, there's a lot of uh, references to very famous uh, people in black history. Mm. Out of which I have no idea who any of them are. Well, thankfully, my history <laughs> study has, you know, told me who, like, hey, Malcolm you... X and... I know like who that. the main players are, yeah. yeah but they're, they're like, oh, you're you bothering me here while I'm standing in the park of one of our greatest heroes. Oh, yeah. Steve like... Gentleman. I'm like, I have no <laughs> idea who that guy is. And they talk a lot about that community centre, the Custer someone yeah. community centre. I don't know who that guy yeah, is either. I don't know who that is. Um, very white and from Australia. Uh, there is, uh, quite a, I think it's fair to say, black soundtrack, like a Harlem soundtrack. This is one of my main... Of, like, jazz and hip-hop music yeah, and like stuff like that. this is one of like my that. main failings, is that I don't really hear soundtracks yeah. in shows. Like, if, it, if it's something very prominent, and it's, like, in the foreground, and I'm like, oh, I recognise that too. Yeah. Then I'll be like, ah, oh, I recognise that. But if it's just part of the background, I'm, I just, like, it goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah. It's one of your many failings. One of my many failings, mm. yes. Yeah, well, I quite enjoyed the soundtrack, because I like that kind of music. And, Fair uh... Enough. Oh, I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the show follows the uh, adventures of Luke Cage as he attempts to avoid the popo. Yes, uh, for anyone who doesn't know Luke Cage, uh, he was in Jessica Jones, mm -hmm. which was another Netflix Marvel show, and he is essentially a super-powered individual who has 
And Alan's going to correct me on this because he'll know. No, no, I'd be interested. The exact wording is. Show me, show me what you got. Uh, He has super strength Mm -hmm. and uh, a healing factor, and slight one, yes. Yes, Uh, I believe they say in the show he heals three times faster than a normal human. Mm -hmm. And his main selling point is that he has unbreakable skin. Correct. Which means that if somebody hits him with a bat or tries to stab him or shoots him with a gun, Mm -hmm. it just bounces off. And he can also, using his super strength and his unbreakable skin, uh, punch through a brick wall and (laughs) stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. That's just the definition of super strength is that usually you can punch through brick walls and stuff. Yeah, but if you were super strong and not super durable, like... You'd you feel like annihilate you, your hand. You'd want the combo. Yeah. You'd want the combo. It's like, yeah, I could punch through this brick wall, but I'll shatter my fucking yeah. fist. <laughs> uh, but yes, correct on all counts, Russell. Oh, well. Top Is it only because, maybe because you watched 12 episodes where it gets mentioned over and over again. 13 episodes. 13 episodes, sorry. This <laughs> is gets shot in almost every episode and just goes, <laughs> whatever. But even, that's one of the things that annoyed me, is that quite often... People will shoot him, nothing will happen. He'll, like, knock him out with, like, a slight tap to the side mm. of the head. And then next episode, they'll come back and was like, oh, it's that Luke Cage guy. Quick, shoot him. Yeah, I heard that he's immortal. <laughs> Let's shoot I him. shot him yesterday and nothing happened. Yeah. Maybe today it'll be okay. <laughs> anyway, you made a very prominent um, statement about the show, mm. which is the same problem that you have with, what was it? I can't remember what the other show was. Uh, probably Superman. Possibly Superman. If it's the problem I'm thinking of. The problem is, like, all of Luke Cage's problems mm. would be... Solid. Oh, no, 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 this is the Batman problem. Oh, the Batman problem. He has both the problems of Superman and Batman. <laughs> yes. Is <laughs> that all of his problems would be solved if he just killed people. Yeah, because he is, like, a very noble character. Mm. He In refuses... the show, he used to be a cop. Yeah. Which is not true for the comics. Right. Uh, but he refuses to... to to kill anyone, even if they're, like, a criminal who has murdered people and have tried to murder him. He'll, like, break their arms and stuff. Yeah. Or has, like, you know, murdered his friend and mentor. Mm. Yeah. He'll just go, like, oh, I'm going to ruin your business. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'll get you busted by the police. But the police don't seem to be able to... Uh, Do anything. ...solve the problems facing mm. the neighbourhood. Yes. Um, because... Amongst other things, the main villain, who is a mobster, going by the name of Cottonmouth. Oh, don't call him that, though. No, don't call don't him Don't call that. him Cottonmouth. Uh, his cousin, uh, who... I don't know if you've gotten that far yet, but the they, black grew, woman? they grew up together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah. that they're, they're related. And yeah, they're so they're more like a brother and sister than, than cousins. Mm. She's uh, the councilwoman. Yeah, she is on, like, the town council, so she's, like, the legitimate face of their... Nefarious business. Yeah, which uh, in episode three or four, he basically tears through her offices. Yeah. And just d- demolishes like 30, 40 guys mm. who are trying to protect like all this stash of uh, illegal money, essentially. Yeah. And just goes through and tears it apart and steals a little bit for himself. Mm. Uh, but leaves millions and millions of dollars just sitting in these bags yeah. illegal money yeah. that and then the cops come along and take all the money and arrest all the people who mm. were there for, for probably owning at least unlicensed firearms and she suffers no repercussions whatsoever no. <laughs> for it all being in her building well she she will 
suffer repercussions. Well, yes, but she wasn't, like, arrested or brought in for questioning. In the no, show. no, more it's like, oh, this has tarnished your reputation. You might not win the election next time. That yeah. kind of thing. It's just, it seems like, in reality, if you were a, even a local councilwoman who had ties to, <laughs> essentially, a, a mafia, mm. like... That would be news. <laughs> that would yeah. be big news. Yeah, well, it's a bit like The uh, the Wire. I've never seen it. No, which I haven't seen much of, but I've heard enough about it from freaking Gav carrying on all the mm. time. Gav. Uh, <laughs> that show, uh, which is very highly acclaimed, uh, features like three main groups of characters. There's like the criminals who are like the drug dealers and mm-hmm. so on. And then there are the cops who are uh, trying to investigate the criminals but then there are some corrupt cops and then there's also the uh, local politicians who are like are, you know on the take so they're protecting the mafia and they're mm-hmm. like paying off the cops and so yeah. on and such forth yes yeah so there's all real mess yes but, but this seems... has the same same sort of three-part thing and then it throws Luke Cage into the middle of it. <laughs> but it doesn't seem to have the same sort of level of complexity and, like, uh, opacity where you can't really see what's going on, who's re- who's dealing with who. They're cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Surely somebody drew the conclusion. Yeah. And she and he are seen in public together numerous times. Yeah. <laughs> Most notably, he was in the background of the shot where she was being interviewed on camera for the local news. Yeah. So it seems Wearing like a shirt saying, I'm a criminal. <laughs> oh, look at me, cotton mouth. Don't call me that though, I'm a criminal. <laughs> anyway. Actually, while we're on the subject of cotton mouth, the actor who plays him is also in House of Cards, another Netflix show. Mm-hmm. And there he's like this slick political operator. Mm. And the guy who plays chess at the barbershop. The uh, guy with the goatee? Yeah, with the goatee. Mm-hmm. He was in. Uh, the Get Down, which is another know. Netflix show. Oh, is that, that the thing about the music? Yeah, the music yeah. one, which is also set in Harlem. Yeah. And so it seems like Netflix are building up this, like, stable of <laughs> actors. If they can just, like, pull out of one show and slot into another one. And i got a question for you. Hmm. You've seen Captain America Civil War. Yes. And you've seen Luke Cage. Yes. Did you notice the character that was in both shows? That was in both. It was in both. Civil War mm-hmm. and... Luke Cage. And Luke Cage. I'll uh, give you a hint. They're black. They're black. The only one I can think of is the Falcon. No. Is mm. the Falcon in Luke Cage? No. Or <laughs> War Machine. No, no, no. I'm trying no. to think of black characters in Civil War. It's not one of the main cast. Uh, no, you got me. Okay, do you remember when Tony Stark does his little introduction on the stage of, was it CIT or whatever? Yeah. And then he goes to the elevator and there's a black woman there and she says, my son was killed in Ukraine yeah. or wherever, I can't remember the name of the place, and hands him a picture. That's the councilwoman. Is it really? I am 80, I haven't looked this up, I'm like 90% sure. Oh God, I've got to look this up now. Do you have your phone on you? Yeah, Should we pause while you look this up? I could be no, talking about my house. Pause. I'm, I could be super racist right now. Because I think two black women look alike. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to look it up. But, uh, I don't know if she's come into it yet. But, uh, the one unifying factor so far between Daredevil and Jessica Jones was Is the, nurse. the nurse, Claire. Yeah, she's in an episode uh, Yeah, yeah, she, she yeah. comes into Luke Cage as well. And can I give you one tiny spoiler for the end? No. 
<laughs> you know how I feel about spoilers. Yeah, okay, but it's just a little cute thing. I'm gonna be sh- I'm gonna be sure it's gonna be one of the characters from one of the other shows, Daredevil or Jessica Jones, is gonna show up. No, if you don't know, I wanna know. I'm not gonna tell you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing though. Luke Cage was in uh, uh, Jessica Jones. Mm. He owned and ran a bar. Yes. Essentially. Uh, but he is portrayed in. Luke Cage as being on the run because he's a criminal. Yes. So where the hell in the continuity does this fit in? Because it's shown that he has bartending skills in Luke Cage, which shows tells us that this is after Jessica Jones. This is Jones. after Jessica Jones. Yes. But how could he own and run a bar in Manhattan if he was a con- convicted felon? Well, <laughs> and why is he on the run now? I don't think his identity got uh, exposed in... He is only uh, a wanted criminal in his former identity as Carl Lucas. Yes. Uh, So he's just trying to keep his head down and not come to the attention of the authorities. He might go, hey, this Luke Cage guy looks a lot like Carl Lucas, the wanted (laughs) murderer or whatever he was. Everybody thinks he's dead, though. Yes, they do. Yeah. And he looked hecka different in in his past life. Not to mention the fact that... He had a bunch of scars, identifying scars, <laughs> in prison before he he died, quotation yes, marks. Yes, he did. Which he no longer has, so. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so we'll pause now while you look that up. Uh, no, it was... Wait, hang on. It was the same actress. Called it! But her character had a different name. Yes, but I picked it up immediately. That's a bit fucking weak, isn't right? it? Right, isn't it? Just get a different actress. <laughs> I mean, she was very good. Oh, she's very good, yes. And maybe they thought, oh, we don't want to waste this great actress on, like, a like two-minute part yeah, in a bit part Civil in Civil War. Yeah. Right? But it surely really... they would have been, like, organising them around the same time. Maybe. Mm. Who knows? Maybe the reason why she got chucked into Civil War is that she was around for the filming of Luke Cage. I'm it sure that's be. not how it worked. Yeah. But regardless, I was right. Five points for me. Yeah, ten points to... Are you Gryffindor? Uh, I think if anything, I'd be Ravenclaw. Mm. You think you're the brains? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like ravens, and griffins can go suck a dick. Speaking of ravens, mm. last two days walking home from work, there has been a friggin' murder of crows hanging around mm. on my path home. Like, at least 15. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that many crows in one place. Nice collective noun use, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I never get to use that. But yeah, anyway, I called it. She was in both. It was weird, and it weirded me out as soon as I saw it. Uh, One of my weird autistic powers is recognising people from things. (laughs) But not knowing their names. But not knowing their names. I couldn't tell you her character's name right now, and I've watched five episodes (laughs) of the show. Uh, But yeah, other than that, we've been talking about this for about 20 minutes now, so uh, I would recommend it, uh, even if you're white. And don't understand a lot of the cultural references. I would absolutely recommend it. (laughs) I would say it's not a perfect show. And I wouldn't say it was better than Daredevil Season 1. But it is not far off. I feel like they put more money into it than they did Jessica Jones. Where Jessica Jones also has super strength. Mm. And she sort of throws people around. But they portrayed that in Jessica Jones by people just doing... Really easy uh, assisted flips and stuff whenever <laughs> yeah. she pretended to throw them. 
Whereas in this, you like get a real impression like when he picks up someone and like throws him into the ceiling. And stuff. Oh, that's the best. It's really impressively filmed. <laughs> yeah. Wish I could throw people into the ceiling. Uh, well, work out a lot and you yeah. still probably couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard an interview with Mike Coulter, actually. Is that the black guy? Uh, is, is that, that Luke Cage? the black guy? Is that the black guy? Luke Cage? Yes, it's Luke Cage. Uh, and he was talking about like his diet and fitness regimen and he's like so glad that this show has wrapped because he can like eat an ice cream. He wasn't like that cut. Like he's a big dude, but he's not like sculpted. He's just like, he's, he's, he's pretty sculpted. Well, yeah, but I'm saying he's not got like a heavily defined six pack and stuff like that. Mm. He's not like cut in every show. He's just math does. I don't know. He nudes up in House of Cards and that dude is like (laughs) freaking you know, Statue of David. <laughs> but yeah, Luke Cage is more bulk than he yeah. is, uh, like, defined. Yeah. Like, he's more of, like, a linebacker than he is, like, a quarterback. Yeah. So there you go, there's a football reference for it. Uh, but anyway, I would recommend the show. I think it's pretty good. It is. Uh, and I think that the fact that I watched, like, Barbershop about ten years ago, when I didn't know what it was, and I rented it from the video store, yeah. really assisted me in understanding a lot of the show. <laughs> Like, ah, so this is where people cut hair. Yeah. Mm. But I, 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 back in the day, I was, I grew up in a very small town. I didn't really, it was like three kids my age and two of them mm. were assholes. So <laughs> I, I spent a majority of my childhood by myself, unfortunately, which is fine. It's a long time ago in the past. But I spent a lot of my time watching movies and reading books because of this. Because mm. it was, a, I grew up in a town of 200 people. There was nothing to fucking do. Yeah. Which means that a lot of my weekends were going and renting VHSs and then just consuming a lot of media. Which means that eventually I ran into watching shows like mm. like Barbershop and other black movies whose name I can't remember right now. So a lot of the references I get, like they're like, oh, in the heart, like in the show they mentioned like, oh, in the summer when it was crazy hot and everybody was just killing everybody, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. I understand that because that's a reference to a movie where it's all set in the summer in Harlem mm. and everybody's got no air conditioning and all that sort of stuff and people yeah. are like on the verge of just going on a fucking riot and stuff like that. So I get some of it, yeah, which is helpful. Yeah. It made me want to read like uh, history books about New York because it's such an interesting place. Yeah. I mean, it's been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we should probably we should probably on. go on. We've really had two main topics this podcast, haven't we? <laughs> We've had Luke Cage, yeah. which we promised we wouldn't turn into one of the main topics. It was going to be the main topic. It's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The reason... I should also mention that the reason why I've only watched five and a half episodes is because I um, paused it for a moment and uh, while I was watching it, I was um, uh, like uh, fiddling with my... my RetroPie, my gaming, retro gaming console thing. Mm. And I started playing a game, which was um, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, mm. uh, which is one that um, I just... Game picked, Boy Advance. Game Boy Advance, which I just picked out and started playing. And, oh, I'm having so much fun playing that game. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it is exactly like every other Castlevania game. Not every Castlevania game. Well, not the 3D, 3D Castlevania really games. We don't talk about them. But, ah, because... I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I absolutely adore, uh, like, leveling systems and stuff Mm. like that, which is why I'm a big fan of the Final Fantasy games, because you just level up and you get new stuff and you can equip different things and you find new items and you equip them to get stronger and you're balancing, like, your strength and defense and 
all that sort of stuff. And, ah, Russell. It's a dopamine <laughs> release for me, and I love it. <laughs> that was the best thing about Final Fantasy X, I think. Mm-hmm. It was a leveling system. Did you play that one? Uh, which one was that? Was Water the... Sword Guy? Yeah. I hated that game. Ah. Because it was you just couldn't do what you want. There was just it was such a railroad. I love the sphere grid though. I never got that far. Ah, oh, that was like a level up system mm-hmm. because, like, it was a all the level ups that any character could get were all on the same like map thing, mm-hmm. and each of your characters would start in a different part of the map. So, oh yeah, yeah, no, I remember that now. And you could spend points to like unlock paths and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and like you could sort of stay in their their starting area, and they would level up in a certain way, like. One guy might be the heavy hitter, and one chick would be the spellcaster, and whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to, you could sort of start moving them across the map to get to somebody else's section, mm-hmm. and so they would start becoming more like that character. And then there were like certain other isolated parts of the map where it took you a long time to get to, but that was where like the super good abilities were. Yeah. I really liked Nines leveling up system how did that, that go no uh, which I never played that? number nine. Oh, it's a great I've heard it's it good it's a little boy with a tail though the mm. tail tail sword boy double yeah. sword he had double sword uh, two swords or it was like Darth Maul Darth Maul yes. Darth Maul style okay <laughs> uh, except no lasers just metal bits oh that's lame uh, but weapons and items that you wore had abilities like you'd buy a sword that had like a strength up and while you had it equipped, you had that sword's... Like, you had mm. its ability. Like, yeah. your strength would go up while you're holding that sword. But if you unequipped it, it would just go away. Unless you decided to learn it. Ah. At which point you needed to get enough... Spend experience or something. Yeah, to, to gain enough experience while you chose to, like, learn that ability. Right. And then as soon as you ding, you got that ability. You could just get yeah, rid yeah, of it. Yeah, throw this sword in the this, trash. Throw this sword in the trash, pick up another one, which would give you a different ability. Could you pass the sword around your group to uh, level them no, Well, it's like... Oh, each person has their own custom well, weapons. Well, I can't remember the minutiae of it. Weapons definitely were, were character-specific. So there's like the spear guy who only uses spears. Yes. And, yeah. well, like every Final Fantasy yeah, yeah, game, yeah, yeah. essentially, beyond um Well, the like early three, ones, you could yeah, switch three around. or four, yeah. yeah. But I believe there were common, like, accessories and, like, pants right. or whatever that everybody could wear. Yeah. Like, helmets and stuff. Anyway... Enough about that. We need to move on to our main topic because we've been talking for half an hour. Did you want to say anything more about Aria of Sorrow? Uh, it's good fun. It, you um, can grind levels and equip stuff and your main uh, like magical abilities is that if you kill an enemy and you hit like a random percentage chance, mm. you gain a magical ability based on that enemy. You harvest their soul. You harvest their something or other. Yeah. But yeah. Good, good juice. So I like just most recently killed a uh, creepy floating lightning doll mm. and got its lightning ability, yeah. which means that when you activate the configuration, you shoot out a bolt of lightning and yeah. it just does damage to things. And there's like hundreds of them and all that sort of stuff. So it's very interesting. And you can't beat death. And currently death is killing me because I'm underleveled for where I am. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Death often kills people. He's real good at it. Yeah. But yes, we should move on to our main topic, which is Westerns. Yeah, topic, I love a good Western. Topic close to both of our hearts. Yes. Uh, well, where do you want to start? This is your idea. So where do you want to where do you want to get going? Well, I just want to talk about the two things that we have recently watched. Mm-hmm. And then we can branch off from there if we want to. Maybe we can uh, give some recommendations for some good Westerns. Yeah, well, let's start with The Magnificent Seven, yes. which we watched last night. Mm-hmm. Which is a 
sort of remake or what I think they call a, a soft reboot. A spiritual remake, maybe. Yeah. Uh, of the, I think it was 60s Western, possibly yeah, earlier know, than yeah, that. Probably. Uh, that was in turn based on The Seven Samurai, which is a Kura Kurosawa movie from the 50s. Yes. All in black and white. And black, that was that about was white, yes. the basic plot of that was there's a village that is being attacked by bandits and uh, they can't raise enough to pay off the bandits and also survive and they can't defend themselves as they don't have any warriors. So somebody goes to town mm-hmm. and recruits these samurai uh, to come and defend them. There's only seven of them against like 200 or whatever, but they turn up the villagers and they all fight together and they beat the bandits. And then, it's a pretty standard sort of plot these days, but I'm sure back in the day it was like, oh, wow, it's amazing. Yeah, well, it's a standard movie kind of thing nowadays, probably because of... Because of that, this. yes. Uh, the Magnificent Seven was basically a Western Version. set transplant yeah. of that plot. Uh, and in that one, Yul Brynner played the main role, mm-hmm. who is famously bald leading man <laughs> of that time. And uh, he wore all black. And that's notable because in the movie version of Westworld, which we'll get to later, he was also the main character in that, but he was a bad guy. Yes. He was basically like the Terminator. He now was you friggin' out, terrifying. Now, you pointed out to me uh, when we went to watch the movie, mm. you mentioned that the reason why it was such a groundbreaking thing back in the day yeah. was because good guys in Western movies up until that point always were the guys dressed in white and the bad guys were the guys dressed in black. Yeah, yeah. The good guys always were white or like, you know, light, bright colours. Mm. And that's how you knew they're the hero. And the bad guy, the dastardly, no gooder. Twirly moustache. No do No do go. No do well? No do well. Yeah, let's do that. We'd dress in black and that's how you knew he was a bad guy. I just realized when I said that, that ne'er-do-well means Never guy do who well. doesn't do well. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't do good things. I've used that term many times yeah. and I've never Those triggered. Damn old English people shortening <laughs> words. Yes. Crazy people. But yes. Uh, well, I unfortunately have never seen either Seven Samurai or the original Magnificent Seven. So uh, You should. They're great. I've heard they're good from you. <laughs> yeah. They're better uh, than this movie. Oh, are they? This movie is still quite entertaining. I found you uh, had some point of concern after we watched the movie that you brought up with me. I did, yeah. You had some niggles. Well, let's talk about the good stuff first. Okay. Um, I feel everybody was a really good actor. Like, yeah, there yeah. There was no was real, some... like, deadpan performance. There was no, like, shitty performance. Yeah, the performances were good. Um, you say that like you don't really believe it. <laughs> no, I do. All the all the, the seven were good. They fit their parts well. Um... Denzel Washington was basically just playing Denzel Washington like he does in every movie these days. Uh, A guy up for revenge. Uh, The bad guy was a bit weird. He was kind of a little shrimpy, weaselly looking fellow. He wasn't like, I'm a bad style gunner and I'm going to take you out. He was like, I am a very rich man who has a temper problem who will pay people to take you out. Um, But I felt he was a little too... And I'm sure this was just harkening back to, like, the stereotypes of old. Mm. He was so villainous. Yeah, he was, like, cartoonishly <laughs> he evil. cartoonishly evil. Like, ah, you have slighted me. I will massacre your family. Like, at one point, he's, like, walking out of town, and somebody goes, like... A, a guy goes, like, why are you doing this to these people? What are you doing? Just shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> just kills him. 
<laughs> and then, like, some woman is terrified and runs away, and one of his henchmen throws a hatchet into her back. Is <laughs> is I feel like he had all these interesting bad guys, mm. like counterparts, somewhat to to the Magnificent Seven, mm. who never got any character development. Yeah, I feel like maybe this movie used to be like forty minutes longer, and mm. all the bad guys were you know built up. Oh, like, this guy's a dastardly Steve. <laughs> He's a sharpshooter yeah. from the old west. Yeah, and he was used to be a rival to the good guy sharpshooter or something. That's it. They were on opposite sides of the war yeah. across the Mississippi. Yeah. Or something like that. But no, they just like share a meaningful glance with the heroes before they die. And you're yeah. like, there's some story there. There's some history to that. Mm. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, anyway. Uh, but other good things. Uh, there's an awful lot of action. Oh, yeah. It's like 90% action movie. <laughs> and the surround sound, which is not normally something I really pick up on. But it was really friggin' good in this movie, in the theatre uh-huh. we were in. Again, this is something I never really seem to pick up on. Ah, well, like, in the... And I don't mind spoiling this movie, because it's a dumb it's Essentially movie. a d- direct remake of something that happened about 40 years ago. Yeah. But the bad guys bring a Gatling gun mm. with them to uh, take Old out the, the goodies. Gun, man. Yeah. I think it was cool looking. And during that scene, like, this gun is just tearing the town apart. Just, yeah. And so there's, like, you know, bullets firing and ricochets and splintering wood and, like, people screaming. And like, every now and then you'd hear, like, yeah, and like somebody got shot. Impacts and sculching. And, yeah. and there were sounds coming from the left and the right and behind. And, ah, oh, it was really good. Mm. I really like those old Gatling guns where they just sort of, like, have to hand crank it. Yeah. And the speed at which you crank it is the speed at which the gun fires. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. I'm not sure as they're as reliable as, as the film made them out to be. I think they jam quite often. I think, yeah. I mean, that one looked pretty shiny. So, yeah. you know. I'm sure it was like the top of the line. I believe it was uh, spring and gravity fed because mm. the, the, it wasn't like a chain of bullets going into it. It was like yeah, an no, it was enormous a... clip that went into the top. But yeah. Um, they were very lucky it didn't jam. Mm. Um, but yeah, my few issues with the film. Um, one very was... valid points, I feel. There's no blood. And yeah. they do this for, like, ratings Ratings, purposes. yes. I, that was my uh, explanation for it. I don't know what rating it is, and we haven't thought to look it up since then. No. Uh, but uh, if it had shown an appropriate amount of blood for each person who was shot, hmm. there it would have been X-rated. <laughs> it would have been at least R. Because they kill, like, 100, 200 people in this movie. Are you talking about bullet shots or just people who die in general? People who die in general. Oh, easily over... Like, they bring 200 people to yeah, the fight. Yeah, and then they all die. And they all die, yeah. so... And then a lot of goodies <laughs> die as well. Yes. But actual bullet wounds, uh, I think we see probably... Probably over 100 people yeah. shot dead. Yeah. And mostly they just, like, have a little... What did Hole. you say? They're all full of dust. They're full of dust, <laughs> yeah. just a little puff of smoke. <laughs> Everybody's like, a dust person. Yeah, clutch their heart and fall to the ground. Mm. Which is, annoyingly, a great segue into our second topic of Westworld, but we're not done with this, so we have to keep yeah. going on. <laughs> what were my other quibbles? Um, motivation. You had a quibble oh, with motivation. Oh, yeah. And this might also relate to how the bad guys, a lot of the henchmen weren't, their characters weren't developed. Yeah, so like maybe they could have been. Yeah. Like uh, there was a cool guy wearing like a pith helmet and they had one eye. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> that guy got like, about him. I didn't know anything about that guy. <laughs> I want to know his backstory. Yeah. Where'd he lose that eye? Was he on safari? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but a lot of the goodies, like, 
basically the first guy they recruit is Denzel Washington. Yes. And he then sort of organizes to pick up all these other guys. And mm. some of them have, you know, decent motivations. Like he uh, bails out Chris Pratt when he's in debt. He and just buys his horse. Well, yeah, he buys his horse. He's like, yeah. if you want the horse, you got to stay with us. Yeah, you got to come work for me. Chris Pratt's like, oh man, I really like this horse. Yeah. I just picked up like forty, fifty dollars from two corpses and yeah. my gambling winnings. But I, this horse is twenty five dollars. I haven't got that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he picks up what's his name, Ethan Hawke. And yes. side note, Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke were also in Training Day, which was a cop movie about ten, fifteen years ago, directed by the same director as this. Mm. And. Ethan Hawke was like the junior new detective in that one, and Denzel Washington was like the old veteran. Oh, okay. Denzel has not aged a day. <laughs> Ethan Hawke looks like my granddad. Ethan Hawke has gone grizzled. Yeah. And possibly uh, they hammed it up for this movie, like gave him more life. Yeah, they might have like made him up. Made him older. Yeah. But Denzel Washington is a handsome looking man. Yeah, he is. He's like a guy, he's got the face of a Greek god. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, what was I going at that? Yeah, Ethan Hawke plays, uh, like, like an somebody old... who's an old friend of yes. of Denzel. Like, they both, before. they both were in the war together. Yeah. Or, um, they were both bounty hunters No, together. that was it. They were in the war, and they were on opposite sides, but mm. Denzel saved him. Yes. Because the war was over. Right, yes. And they, he was like, ah, oh, I like this guy. Yeah. I like your blackie. Yeah. <laughs> Some racial slur that he said back in the day. And uh, Ethan Hawke brings his friend, who's the Billy, the Chinese guy, who fights with knives. Well, he shoots people as well, but yes. His predominant method is yeah. the far more inefficient method of throwing <laughs> knives at people. If you were going to call one of them the knife guy, it would be him. It would absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. he's the Asian guy, and he used knives, because yeah. he's Asian. And so that makes sense, because he was buddies with Ethan, and he'd want to go with him. But the rest of them... Had no real motivation no real for motivation. being there. <laughs> like the Mexican guy, he's like, oh, I'm a bounty hunter and there's a bounty on you. But if you come with me, I won't chase you. You will have to kill dozens of men <laughs> and you'll probably die, though. Yes. And but that, no, I was like, there's like 50 guys after my head, but yeah. to get you off yeah. my back, I'll risk <laughs> my life. Only 49. Really, he should have said, okay, Denzel. And then when Denzel went to sleep, just ridden off. <laughs> <laughs> just shot Denzel yeah. and just left. You're still not going to chase me now, are you, motherfucker? Because you're dead. <laughs> uh, and the... Who's left? The Indian. Kingpin. Well, Kingpin was Oh, next. yeah, Kingpin. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio plays this... Aaron, Alan's favourite character. Uh, it's so guy. funny. I love this guy. He's like he this... was so crazy and random. Yeah. yeah, he's a big guy because Vincent D'Onofrio is a big guy. And he had this big bushy white beard. Like Santa Claus, and he spoke like a pixie. Yeah, <laughs> he spoke with this funny hillbilly like, voice. Oh, I mean, those guys took my gun and hit yeah. me with a rock. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm justified in what I did to him. Alan was just laughing every time he said <laughs> he did something. Well, I can't remember. He said something very funny, or something like that. I I can't remember the line, but I mm. I lost it in the cinema. Because it was so amusing. <laughs> uh, anyway, they rock up to him and see him murder two men. And then, well, no, they go looking for him. Yeah. And then they run into two guys, the the, the pigeon gang or something like that. Yeah. Uh, who were like, oh, he's dead. We took his gun and we're going to blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then he comes in. And we'll and make like, you famous. <laughs> and he kills them immediately. Yeah. 
And somebody <laughs> said, oh, Pickle Brothers weren't famous very long. Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. But then they're like, uh, so, big guy, we're going to go have a bit of a fight. Do you want to come along? He's like, oh, okay. He says no. But he then says, he just turns up. Yeah, he doesn't say okay. He's like, oh, I'll pass. Yeah. I'm a crazy person. <laughs> he just turns and up. And then he leaves, yeah. <laughs> but then he tracks them to, like, they go into... For some reason that's never really explained, they go into into Indian, Indian territory. territory, and they're like, "Oh man!" Everybody's like all nervous, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, something's going on." And they wake up, and there's an Indian guy sitting there, and everybody freaks the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> but then Vincent D'Onofrio just shows up, yeah. and he's like, does some crazy hand signals, which everybody interprets as there's an Indian guy over yeah. there because he was famously a, an Indian hunter, yeah, back in the day. <laughs> but then Denzel just goes and talks to this Indian guy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you want to come along? And the guy's like, um, I'm not really part of a tribe because they said my path was different. It turns out that's going on a suicide mission yeah. with you. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> and then that's how they get their crew together. Yeah. So half of the motivation is pretty solid mm. uh, to the point of not suicide, but coming along. And yeah. the other half is just there because... Yeah. <laughs> it felt like... Well, it's called The Magnificent Seven, so we've got to get seven guys together, right? Well, you watched the previous Magnificent Seven. Mm. Is the sort of, like, gathering montage of dudes as thinly veiled as this? Uh, it felt a lot more believable in the old one. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember all the details, but it was just... It made a lot more sense for these guys to come along. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were, like, being offered money and stuff like that. Yeah. Money gets mentioned to... Chris Pratt and Denzel Washington, mm. and nobody else knows about the money. <laughs> that was another thing that bothered me. At the end, yes. like, the reason the guy wants his town is because of all the gold that can be mined from the, the hills, hills nearby. The valley in the, that they're in, yes. And he's keeping all of his gold in the bank there. Mm-hmm. And they go along with the promise of a share of the gold. And No, 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 they don't go along with the promise of a share of the gold. I'm the, sure they do. No, no, the bounty hunter guys go along with the promise of the big sack of fucking money that the townspeople gathered. That was their payment. No, I'm sure Denzel mentions uh, getting a share of the gold at the end. Mm, I don't remember that. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah, we will. What anyway. a terrible circumstance. We're going to have to watch this movie again. Anyway, they, at the end of the town, at the end of the movie, after they've saved the town, they just ride out. <laughs> leave this mountain of gold in the bank. Yes. Well, I uh, they also aren't shown taking the sack full of money that yeah. the townspeople gathered, which is what I thought you were talking about. Ah. Because uh, I don't remember any, have any recollection about a mention of, oh, this town is going to give you all of our gold. <laughs> well, either way, they don't... They're not shown taking the money. Yeah. That doesn't mean they don't take it. It just means they're shown not, they're not shown taking it. Yes. And Possibly Denzel didn't say anything because the other two guys didn't know the big old bag of money existed. Yeah, they... Well, I guess the Mexican guy spoke English. The Indian guy didn't speak English. He probably wouldn't have cared about the money anyway. Yeah. He did speak a little bit. He did. Some. He spoke some English. Some. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, nobody has a reason to stay there to the point of, I'm going to die if I yeah, stay here. Almost certain death. Except for Denzel Washington, who's yeah. the only guy with enough motivation, character motivation, to stay there. Because he wants to torture the bad guy to death in a church. Yes, for yeah. some peculiar reason. That's a heroic thing to do. <laughs> Chris Pratt, who is shown as the comedy relief. Oh, his character is such an asshole. <laughs> his character's like a bit of a dick. Yeah. Like a redeemable asshole, I feel. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, uh, he's just like goes on a suicide run to take out the Gatling gun. Yeah, he's literally a suicide bomber. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he does it like his his character is sort of like set up throughout the movie as being like this sort of shyster who can do like card tricks and yeah. all this sort of stuff. Uh, and there's like references like he's we're spoiling this. The movie. There's, oh, we've spoiled the whole thing. We have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, like... Well, up to this point, we all we've mentioned is the gathering of the team together. Mm. So, that's in the poster, so... Oh, he mentioned uh, the end. Well, you He's did. left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, not important. Uh, he's shown... His final line is, I've always had luck with uh, one-eyed jacks. Yeah. Uh, which is a reference to the one of the uh, suits of cards has a jack with only one eye. Yes. Uh, and also, he runs into two people who are missing an eye. So, uh, yeah. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy with one eye. Yeah. And then at the very beginning, uh, he's playing a deck of cards oh, with yeah. the guy who's missing one eye. Yeah. Uh, at which point, he blows them up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a suicide mission. I'm like... You, I think your horse is dead, man. I mean, yeah. just, why are you here? <laughs> you, like, ride on your horse on the suicide mission yeah. and then blow yourself up. I mean, just leave <laughs> at this point. Yeah, they're all motivated to stay unto their own death, yes. essentially, yes. Which is very odd for the thinly veiled reason of money, which is why they're there. One other plus point, which I forgot to mention earlier. Mm-hmm. There's a very pleasant amount of goats in this movie. I don't often see goats in a movie. I, I love goats. Goats are super cute. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't re- particularly remember a lot of goats. Oh, there's a lot of goats. All right. That's a weird thing to <laughs> remark upon, but sure. Um, Goat fans out there know what I'm talking about. All right. I mean, I've got nothing against goats. I just don't remember a particular bunch of goats. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, like, the way they sort of set up traps uh, to take out the guys in town and all that sort of stuff, and the mm. way they sort of, like, set up the town in, like, stages where they could fall back and all that sort of stuff. It was all very good. Yeah. But I felt like, yeah, the character motivation was a bit missing. Mm. But before we run out of time, we should probably move on to our second topic, which is Westworld. Yeah, which is a new HBO show based on the old movie. Yes. Uh, which had a script by Michael Crichton, who then went on to write Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And watching the show, I can certainly see some similarities to that movie as well. Yeah, well, I've never read the book, unfortunately, or seen the original Westworld. Mm. Well, the old movie was really cool, uh, because it's about a theme park with realistic humanoid robots, which you can interact with and mm-hmm. you know, live out life as though you were a cowboy for a week. Uh, which is quite a... A nice fantasy. It turns out that Michael Crichton's got a real hard-on for crazy theme parks. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and uh, in that original movie, one of the robots is defective and becomes a Terminator-style killing machine. Mm. And, yeah, and then he just, like, stalks through the, the park and goes to, you know, different areas and then, like, goes into the base where they're operating everything from. It's just, like, massacring people and he can't be stopped. It's like, oh, why did we build this one robot with indestructible skeletons? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like the, he's the villain of the, the piece. He's like the bandit. Mm. 
Uh, and so when he goes crazy, it's he's pretty intimidating. Like, all of that is information that I was aware of mm. going into this, which is why I got the whole weird sort of twist that was at the beginning of the show. Ah, that was so good. It's a good twist. I think we... We have to spoil it because I want to talk about it. And it's in <laughs> the start of the show. So if you don't want to know anything about Westworld, maybe just tune out for the rest of this. We just stop listening because yeah. we're near the end of the podcast. So, yeah. you so just stop uh, listening uh, Pop Culture Pond on most social media and see you next week. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, oh, such a great twist, Russell. Now that, that now the, those people <laughs> are not listening. Yeah. Oh, that twist. So you see the train coming into the theme park and you hear people talking mm-hmm. about how they've you know, they've been here before and all the cool stuff you can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scott Summers from the <laughs> X-Men Cyclops movies. is there, yeah. yeah. He, uh, handsome. God, he's a handsome devil. Yeah. He's rugged. His, his jaw is just he's incredible. granite. You could yeah. crack granite on that jaw. <laughs> anyway, he gets off the train and he sees this beautiful woman who we already know is... A, a robot. A robot, or one of the hosts, as they're called, mm-hmm. as opposed to the guests who are the visitors. And uh, she's like, oh, you're back. And you're thinking, ah, so this guy's been here before. He's got a super hard on for this robot lady, yeah. And she's a pretty robot lady. She's a very pretty robot lady. Anyway, so they sort of go through a little, like, storyline kind of thing and then go back to her dad's house. Yeah, and they're heavily projecting this entire time that he's... Yeah, that he's a guest living out of fantasy. Correct, yes. Uh, But when they get there, bandits have, like... uh, Killed his yeah, killed her parents and like uh, you know, so it's setting up. Oh, he's gonna like save the damsel in distress. Yeah, and then fuck this robot. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, and then Ed Harris turns up. God, he looks evil, dressed all in black with leather gloves and black hat. And you're like, oh shit, projecting based on your expectations of the old movie and just context clues that he's a robot bad guy. Yeah, and Ed Harris is, you know, if you were designing an evil <laughs> robot cowboy, you would probably make it look like Ed Harris. He's a villainous looking man, yes. Yeah. Anyway, he, uh, uh, our presumed hero, pulls his gun and shoots Ed Harris. And nothing happens. And Ed Harris just starts explaining, now, you know you can't hurt a guest. <laughs> and then he's explaining, like, some of the rules of the theme park while this guy is just shooting him over and over, mm. and you realise that Scott Summers is a robot. Yes. And he's part of the show. And this is living out Ed Harris's fantasy of being a, a fucking, fucking monster. A murderous <laughs> psychopath. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm going to rape your girlfriend now. It's like, I realise... She was like, oh, I'll do whatever you want. Just don't kill him. Like, living out the lines of the yeah. uh, of the, the script, as it were. And he's like, girl, I want you to not want it. Yeah. Like, oh, man, you've got a, at home, you've got a girl chained up in your basement, don't you? Yeah. You fucking creepy psychopath. <laughs> uh, and so that was a really cool, like, switcheroo. Yes. Kind of thing. Uh, deconstruction of expectations. Yeah. And then uh, after the credits, then it starts a new day. Yes. And uh, everyone's back to life and everything's hunky-dory and Scott Summers comes back into town. Yeah, and we see... That the, the 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 robots have the ability to adapt, yes, to their various um, outside influences by the guests. Yeah, so they have like a certain amount of artificial intelligence that lets them, like, if some they have a scripted event that they're going to do, yeah, then something changes. They'll just go and do something else. Yeah, like something that would be natural for someone to do if that happened to them. Yeah, so it's pretty cool, and it, it reminds me a lot of like computer games. Yes, it sounds 
horribly, horribly complex from a programming point of oh, view. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> That's why you need Anthony Hopkins to program it all for you. Yes. He's like the John Hammond of this piece. Yes, although the actual storyline programmer is this weedy vest-wearing, turtleneck, <laughs> cardigan-wearing idiot. Yeah, the punty, <laughs> pommy guy. Yeah. He was like, oh, my precious script. You're messing with my precious <laughs> script. Uh, but something happens. Yeah, the, the robots start getting glitchy. Yes, because they have rolled out an update. Yeah. Uh, the fucking Hannibal Lecter has rolled out an update uh, for, like, the robots to be able to... Because they all have storage of all their previous experiences in the park. All which the, is fucked up. Which is horrible. Because they're getting, like, murdered and raped all getting, the time. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and I'm sure they have some pleasant memories in there as well. But... And they're not always living in the same role. They're yeah. like, oh, he was the father, but then he was the sheriff, but he was also the leader of an evil cult in one point, yeah. and as the storyline goes. Oh, that, was, that was so cool. The concept is just amazing. Yes, but why on earth would you have him have all those memories? Anyway, yeah. uh, an update rolls out to um, sort of make them seem more human-like, which is that they um, have... I can't remember the term they used. Uh, these subtle, like, uh, expressions or tics or something. Reminisces or something? Reminisces, something like that. It started with Which essentially uh, means that they um, make these human-like movements uh, or, or like, like reactions or... or yeah, just like, like a little twitch or... Twitch a, or, like, a touch of the a lips habit. or a yeah. habit. Yeah. Uh, which is based on, like, their subconscious, mm. which would be all their memories of their past horrible, horrible things that have been locked away from them up to this point. Yeah. But now they're accessing via this subconscious net. And nobody was like, oh, that seems like a great idea. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> said that, that would be a bad idea, which it absolutely is. Yeah. And uh, one thing that was sort of like a symbolic thing through the whole episode was flies. Yes. Like, at the start, you see a fly crawling on a woman's face. And her face is completely still, and there's a fly crawling on it. And then you were like, don't go on her eye, don't go on her eye. And then the fly crawls on her eye, and everyone goes, Aah! You, in particular, had a very visceral reaction to yeah, that fly going on her eye. I have a real problem with eyes. You can't handle eye stuff. If anything comes near my eye, I, like, flip it. <laughs> Which is probably why you have such a problem with birds. Because they fly to your face. Yeah. And in your face is your eyes. There's so many sharp things that could get in my eyes. Most notably, I used we, you and I used to play squash, mm. and uh, what I used to do was attempt to find something gross eye-related. Oh thing. God, don't even talk about it. <laughs> Where I used to send you links. Moving like, on to these gross eye. Th- I'm not going to talk about anything in particular. Like, I used to send to you before we played squash to like sort of throw you Psych off the game. Me out. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> it worked a lot too. Uh, most notably was the. Don't <laughs> say it. Psych me out of this damn podcast. All right, fine, I won't. Anyway, I'll post it on the Facebook group. Anyway. <laughs> and then one of the... Uh, later in the episode, one of the tech, technical guys is like, oh, yeah, they're programmed to, to never harm a living thing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hurt a fly, would you, darling? Or Perfectly like harmless. That. Perfectly. Never go on a murderous rampage of any yeah. shape or form. <laughs> and then they bring in the, the main chick host mm-hmm. uh, for a checkup after some of the robots start glitching out and uh they ask her like a series of questions uh, and she always tells the truth then they ask her would you ever 
hurt a living thing? And she says, no. And then, like, the next scene is her back in place. And a fly starts crawling on her neck, and mm-hmm. she swats it. She does. Uh, this is after they mention that, oh, she may not look it, but this one, right, I know why I'm talking in a cowboy accent, because the guy <laughs> who said this was just a normal person. She may not look it, oh. she's the oldest robot in the park. The older robot. Old as them by heels, you would say, <laughs> if you were particular. If you were Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes, so she is being, uh, being somewhat... Revealed to be the, the linchpin in all of this. Yeah, nef- she, nefarious she's seen business. some shit. Yes. Um, what was I going to say? Meanwhile, Ed Harris is up to some weird crap. Yeah, he like scalped the guy. guy. And there was a map on the inside of the guy's scalp. Well, mm-hmm. the guy was a robot, but still. Yeah. And yeah, it just this whole show weirded me out, man. I mean, it was very good and I can't wait to watch more. Yeah. But I was like, this is like Murder Island, man. Yeah. This is like... Rich people going to pay to hunt people sort of level of evil here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, like oh, it's perfectly harmless that your husband's going and, uh, you know, going to this place and raping <laughs> women and mm. shooting people and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like, there's... They have some... As well as all these, like, major plot things being developed, there's mm-hmm. just incidental stuff in the park, like... Uh, like, just... Killing people, basically. Yeah. I mean, they're robots, but... They look and act it, pretty human. Yeah, it looks like you just murdered someone, <laughs> and people are like, oh, this is great fun. Mm. There's also weird stuff going on. Like, there's, uh, like, rumours of the management uh, have ulterior motives for this park, and... Oh, they're definitely sort of building, like, military robots. Mil- military murder robots, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And there, Anthony Hopkins is clearly... Up to something. And yeah, I, I think what. he's, like, deliberately making the robots rise up. <laughs> and they, like, gather up all of the defective robots who have got this updated patch. And at the end of the show, sort of put them all in storage. At which point, you're shouted out as, why don't you just burn them? Yeah. Burn the robots! <laughs> put them in the incinerator. <laughs> don't keep this army of, like, insane zombies beneath your base. Yeah. Everybody's got an ulterior motive. Yeah. I guarantee it, yeah. But I'm very interested to watch more. Yeah, me too. Uh... It's actually a really long show, but it didn't really feel like it. Hmm. It's on HBO, so they don't really have to worry about ad breaks. Or yeah, it's an hour long. It was, yeah. Maybe it was just the pilot was an hour long, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the way it remained. They'll probably settle in about 52 minutes, thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, we'll recommend it. Mm. It's a Western. Western's are great. Um, oh, I forgot to mention my factoid. That I you did the previous thing. Hit me with some of your Western facts, and then we'll wrap this. Well, up. I'll give you one because we're we're close to wrap it up here, and we can like possibly throw out a couple of recommendations for good Western mm. movies before we wrap it up as well. Uh, you probably know the answer. This feel free to chime in. Uh, are you aware of the term spaghetti western? Yeah. Are you aware of why they're called spaghetti westerns? They were made in Italy. They were made by Italian directors. They weren't made in Italy specifically. And they were made in Spain mostly, I think. But yeah, by Italian directors. Yes. That's why, if you ever heard the term spaghetti western, yeah. is because um, for some reason there was a huge surge of Italian guys going like, I love western movies. <laughs> We're going to make a bunch of western movies. Yeah, I wonder why that was. I don't know. Hmm. It just, maybe it was like a fad. Yeah. But yes, that's why they called spaghetti westerns. Um, so, some westerns I would recommend. We've probably got very similar answers for this, so, um, you go, and I'll see. 
Okay. Yeah. Should we go one for one? No, no, you, just, you just go. Because you, you, you've got much more of a catalogue of westerns than I do. Okay, well, from, like, the modern era... Yeah, let's not go too far back here. Well, let's not go, oh, a couple the of... good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, of course. That's that's one of fucking amazing. <laughs> that's one of the ones I was going to recommend. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows the classic ones. Yeah. Uh, but the 310 to Yuma... Yes. With Russell Crowe and... Uh, what's his name? Christian Bale. Yeah, that was a remake as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yes. Of an old John Wayne Western, I think. Mm. Uh, it's very good. Yes. Uh, it's got Ben Foster in it. In a really, my favourite role in the film is like his lead henchman, who's <laughs> like a fucking nut job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, True Grit, which True is Grit another remake. is amazing. And yeah. it's got one of my favourite actors in it, whose names I can never remember. Which one? The guy from Tron. Oh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Bridges is great. Yeah, he's so good in this one. He's so good in pretty much everything he's in, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a very good actor. And uh, the girl in that, oh, I love her. Yeah. She's like 14 or something it in that movie, but she's so good. doesn't take any shit. Yeah. She's <laughs> like precocious. At point, like, at one point, like some guy spanks her, and she was like, nearly, like, tries to go get a gun and kill him. Yeah. Because he was like, she was like, how dare you? Because she's had to be the man of the house. Cause That's it, yeah. Dad and is I dead and mum's not I up to the task. I love the ending of that movie. Yeah. Where, spoiler alert. For well, 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 we're just recommending this movie. Oh, all right, all right. The, her character ending, I feel, is yeah. a real um, change from the norm. And yeah. I really like that. I like that. Well, it's a Coen Brothers movie and they don't always go in for Those for crazy Coen Brothers. Yeah. Uh, what are some other good modern westerns? They're the two main ones that I'm aware of. Mm. Like, I don't go out and seek out all, like, western movies and stuff like that. I enjoy them when I come across them, but that's about it. Gosh, there was one on Netflix a while ago, so, but I can't quite remember the name. Was it Wild Wild West? Uh, that is... Uh, <laughs> <a> guilty pleasure <laughs> of mine. <laughs> I don't actually mind it myself. To I haven't honest. seen it in a long time, but it is very funny. It is very amusing. Uh, oh, some other good ones include... Oh, where's it gone? Can we say Shanghai Noon? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Another guilty pleasure of mine is yeah. Shanghai Noon. And yeah. Shanghai Nights. That movie is so good. I have, like, this weird obsession with that guy. Not Jackie Chan. Obviously, he's Owen great. Wilson? I have a weird obsession with Owen Wilson. Because yeah. he's like, oh, he talks. He's got such a weird voice. Like, <laughs> oh, my name's, my name's Owen Wilson. I'm a cowboy. <laughs> 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 That's a great line in um, uh, Shanghai Nights where he's talking to, who is it? Some orphan boy. Mm. And he's like, oh yeah, we got parents. You know what those are? You don't got them because you're a little orphan. <laughs> so, like, oh, it was so what, harsh. You don't know what parents are. You're an orphan. Yeah. You know, you fucking get out of here, kid. <laughs> he's just got such a weird voice and he's like one of the yes. few like actors who have like a physical imperfection. Oh, is his You've got a big-ass broken nose, yeah. and you still managed to be a very popular... Which is very unusual, if you're not, like, an old white dude who mm. <laughs> started acting before people cared about that sort of stuff. Uh, a couple of others would be Tombstone mm-hmm. from the 90s with Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer and some other guys. There's this... God, I can't remember the name of it. It's like a... a it's got Leonardo DiCaprio in it. It's like a quick-draw competition. Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. You mean, I don't know what you mean. Django you, Unchained? No, no. Django Unchained is a great movie. Yeah. That's absolutely not what I'm talking about. Oh, I don't have know you never seen about. this movie? <gasps> Russell, I may have. Leonardo like, DiCaprio in a Western. Yes. In a quick draw jewel. He, yeah. 
I'm sure I have not he's seen like this the, He's like the son of the guy who's running the duel. The competition, the quick draw competition. Have you never seen this movie? No. Well, I'll look it up. Um, After the show. Well, yes. Fair enough. We're at uh, 17 minutes right now. Uh, one last recommendation. And I only recommend you watch this once because after you've seen it, you probably won't want to watch it again because it's so depressing. But it's a really well-made movie. It's Unforgiven, starring Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman. Okay. And it's like the most grim Western story <laughs> ever. That Gene Hackman is the uh, tyrannical sheriff of this town. It's always like a tyrannical something. Yeah. And Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman are all in the town. They just want to be left alone. But Gene Hackman can't help but like assert his manly dominance over them. And it just turns into a bloodbath. <laughs> is this like a recent sort of movie? Yeah, yeah, it was in the 90s. Okay, so they're not, they're like, not like, this isn't like back when they were both young. No, 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 they're both like old, retired killers, basically. <laughs> okay. And it's like, this is the sort of guy you shouldn't fuck with. Like, basically John Wick of the old West. <laughs> <laughs> they call me, well, John Wick. John yeah. Wick is an old name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, that's pretty much all we have time for. We'll yes. Get this with a long podcast, so maybe Russell. And we already started down. late because we watched Westworld. We did watch Westworld. Uh, which is probably what's going to happen next week, is we can watch it as well. Yeah. Uh, happy to turn that into a, a thing. Sounds good to me. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this episode or anything else, really, uh, except your Nigerian fortune, we don't want to know. I'm a little curious. Hmm. Email Alan at Alan at You don't know my Clark. email address, do you? I don't know. <laughs> Alan at Clark.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, because you work for Clark Rubber. Yes. Yeah. I wonder what is at Clark.com. Anyway, you can find us at Facebook.com slash PopCulturePon, or you can find us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash PopCulturePon. <laughs> That's not That's how, how you do Twitter advertisements. Anyway. <laughs> you can email us at popculturepon at gmail.com uh, and other than that if you've enjoyed this extraordinarily long rambly conversation about Luke Cage and westerns in general uh, you can feel free to come back next week for another episode of Pop Culture Pontification one thing I forgot to say about Luke Cage he's big and black he's unbreakable right he's not unbreakable he's just got unbreakable skin but you could call him unbreakable are you trying to make a reference to the Bruce Willis movie, Unbreakable? No, I'm trying to say that they could do a crossover with Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're both in New York and they're both Unbreakable. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Like, combined, they'd be unstoppable. Yeah. She's got an Unbreakable spirit and yeah. he's got an Unbreakable body. Yeah.